How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name's Josh Hutchinson, and Big C's back, baby. That's right. How was your Thanksgiving, bud? Oh, it's great, man. I uh, hosted for like 15 people, my wife's family, uh, my parents, my oldest friend came. We absolutely crushed it. There was no counter space. Everybody ate like kings. And uh, at the end of it, instead of like pigging out on leftovers, um, I was able to donate like 20 meals because I lived in downtown Dallas and I just took out like 20 meals to the people that were out on the street. So, oh, like, wow, that's awesome, my man. Emotional cup is like super full. So, that's really awesome. That's yeah. so cool. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. That's, uh, that's very, very cool. Um, so, did, uh, were you, were you pretty cranked? <laughs> did you drink a lot of Thanksgiving wine? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, my mom was kind of upset about that, actually. She brought like seven bottles of wine. They, they came in town and she was like, are we, so are we going to like, like tie one on? And I was like, oh, I got to work like 12 hours tomorrow. I've been kicking <laughs> since like 8 a.m. Like I'm exhausted. Like I really, for the first time in my life, I like really subtly put on pajamas and just kind of was like, well. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> so not quite i i wish but we didn't we didn't do it this time around we'll get to it i'm sure you got a brewski there though tonight what are you drinking oh, man so you're talking to a craft beer enthusiast i've sold craft beer it. for a long I time i am as well there's a there's a brewery here in dallas uh it's called Pedicolis. it's owned by a former lawyer his name's michael Pedicolis. dude makes phenomenal beer but i've always told people when selling this beer like in in business like in my job um this beer is called sit down or i'll sit you down it's a 10 percent imperial ipa it is the Ooh. most appropriately named beer of all time like yeah no you kidding. better be sitting or this beer will sit you down 10 percent, baby that's a that's good awesome. one that's a good one yeah that's great i love it um so before before i get into the housekeeping i, I want to just show off my shirt here so um for the video people check out the youtube channel um, I've got a nice Borier Salming shirt here. So um, this shirt came in the mail today. It's actually uh, made by a guy. Uh, he's on Twitter. He's Flo Jurgison uh, or, at, or at Joey Ferg. I believe his name is actually Joe Ferguson. Um, but uh, he like, has I was like, how do you spell that? <laughs> he has a Redbubble website where he creates art and it's, it's usually Toronto Maple Leafs themed um, and sells t-shirts and sweaters and, 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 various articles of clothing um, with his art on it. Um, and in this case, he designed uh, a Borea Salming themed shirt uh, and all profits for the shirt goes to ALS Canada, uh, which um, I mean, their Twitter bio says we work with the ALS community to improve the lives of people affected by ALS through support, advocacy, and investment in research for a future without ALS. So um, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd give it a quick plug. I, he didn't ask me to do this. Um, I just, I got the shirt. It's really nice. I've supported him in the past because he, I, I really like his art and uh, um, I, it, I thought it was for a good cause. And, and just um, with Borier um, being as special as he is to the hockey community and to, to Nate from apples and Geno's and, and um, to the Apples and Geno's family in general. I just thought, uh, I thought I'd give it a quick plug. So there is a link in the description um, that goes directly to, um, to that, uh, to, to this shirt. Uh, you can buy it right, right then and there. So, um, so there you have it. 
So let's get into some housekeeping here. Uh, thanks again for leaving us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you haven't and you're enjoying our content, please just take a second and leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. It's a great place to talk fantasy hockey, get your questions answered, and also receive alerts when new Apples and Genos content drops. And actually, I just thought of this now. Today, uh, as you probably have seen on Twitter and social media, Spotify sent out its year-in-review or Spotify wrapped. Yeah. Uh, Although that little compilation for everybody. So this is the first time that I've seen uh, the Apples and Genos, like from a podcaster side of things. Okay. Um, our Spotify wrapped. And it was really cool to see. We have listeners from 14 countries and in, in uh, 2022, um, there's a, a number of people that, that have us in their top five uh, most wow. listened to podcasts of the year. So I thought um, if we are in your Spotify wrapped, if we're in your top five, hit us up on Twitter, hit up apples and genos, hit up me or Binksy on Twitter, hit us up in the discord um, and just send us a picture, send us a link. We like to see that. So, um, That's so cool. Yeah. Hit hit my, us up. Cause uh, my, I know there's a lot of you out there. Listen is five hole. So yeah, I probably should listen to us more, but I can only listen to my own voice for so long. So yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. <laughs> All right. So if you didn't already know, this is midweek moves. It's Wednesday of week eight. And we're talking about schedule maximization for the rest of the week, who you should be adding, dropping, selling high or buying low. So in terms of the schedule, uh, there are two teams that have three games left for the rest of the week. That is Anaheim and Minnesota. Uh, and they both have the Thursday, Saturday, Sunday schedule. So that's only one off night. Um, but there are also three teams that have that Friday, Sunday off night special. Uh, and that's Winnipeg, uh, Columbus, and the New York Islanders. So these are all pretty good um, pretty good options for streaming going into the weekend. Mm. Um, next week... Um, next week's schedule, the heaviest night is actually Friday with 10 games. So there's actually a ton of streaming options. The games are actually distributed pretty well across uh, all seven days, which is pretty unusual. Um, so you're going to probably have a lot of streaming options. There's not going to be any like super must make moves. Um, so, so that's actually, I mean, that's in a way that's nice, but, uh, so you might not have be having to set your, your Monday morning alarms and all that, like, like some of us crazy people do. I gotta get better um, at that. I really do. <laughs> I wait, I wake up at like seven thirty central and I'm like, damn it. They're all gone. <laughs> Especially in the cacuffle. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people, uh, in Europe <laughs> that, that are in these leagues and they're just like, I mean, they don't have to set their alarm. That's just when they're already awake. So yeah, they don't um, get to watch the games. Pl- yeah. Pl- that's, plus that, minus, that's a good you know? point. That's a good point. Um, so out of the previous teams mentioned, for next week's schedule, Columbus and Winnipeg have the best schedule. So they both have four games with two off nights each. So that might be, I mean, you might be a little more inclined to pick someone up from there so that it can carry into next week. Um, so also uh, Anaheim, Carolina, Nashville, Chicago, New Jersey, and San Jose all have only two games next week. Nashville actually finishes their week this week on Friday, and then they don't play again till next Thursday. So if you're, trying to figure out drops and there's someone that's kind of on the bubble uh for you from nashville probably a good team to be to be dropping from so uh do you have anything to add here binksy uh uh, yeah 
so just reviewing um, the the schedule upcoming for the next week. Um, 11 teams next week playing on all three off nights, and 10 of them have four games total. So like you alluded to, it's going to be kind of a, a streamer's paradise next week. Like it is the absolute opposite of the last time I was on the show where I'm like, you should be looking at long-term options. Um this this next coming week there's going to be a really ideal streamer schedule so um we'll we'll get to that more in our ads but um it's it's going to be a little bit easier for you to be comfortable and happy with who you added in your streaming options versus totally uh a second line defenseman who you just kind of feel good about in the matchup you know absolutely all right let's get into those ads so my ad for this week is Cole Perfetti my boy I got money on this guy for the Calder. He has, um, I mean, he's run a bit hot the last three games. He has five points in three games. Uh, playing on line one now with Wheeler and Shifley. Um, he's on power play two, which is a little ugly in Winnipeg just because they're so top heavy. Uh, but the five, five on five situation is good regardless. Um, he's still kind of looking for consistency in terms of offensive generation, as a lot of rookies do, uh, but the points have been coming lately. He is in sole possession now of second in the rookie scoring race behind the red-hot Matty Beneers. Um, Winnipeg has a very ideal schedule over the next week and a half, like I like I mentioned before. Um, they're probably the most ideal, other than yeah. Columbus. I mean, uh, and, dumpster fire. So Yeah, exactly. There's not, not a ton of great options there. So Perfetti is the best streamer level player on Winnipeg. Uh, he's only 12% rostered in Yahoo, so available in a lot of leagues. Um, Blake Wheeler actually uh, is also only uh, 45% rostered, which was surprising to me, and he has 20 points in 21 games. So he's another guy you might want to look at from Winnipeg. Uh, but I like Cole Perfetti. Um, he's he's a lot more available, so so it's very likely that you'll be able to, to pick him up for the end of this week and, and into next week. I dig what do you it. think? I yeah, dig you it. like that? Um, my confidence wavered in Perfetti over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a bit like reinvigorated um, over the recent stretch. Like he seems a little bit more confident on the ice. Like I was, I was kind of wavering just in like uh, a narrative kind of sense. Right. Like yeah. it, I felt like uh, he's kind of hit a plateau and uh, he seems to have moved past that. So yeah, um, I, I, I definitely think that Wheeler makes me feel better in the streaming sense, but if you're working towards a stream and hold in your roster, then Perfetti is, is the, let's just say sexier option for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's hard for rookies to kind of, find that consistency like i like i mentioned before um that's why i i i feel uncomfortable using draft capital and even holding uh like even holding for a long time uh rookies yeah uh, just because um they're they're kind of unpredictable uh just because they're they're trying to find their footing and and find find the consistency there so um but yeah i i do like perfetti right now he seems to be feeling good he's got good deployment um, so yeah, I, I, I feel very comfortable with a Perfetti stream. Uh, he's also try eligible. So that's really nice in both Fantrax and Yahoo. So center left wing, right wing. So that's, uh, that's pretty nice. He can, he's that pretty does, easy to that does move lineup. the needle a little bit. Yeah. yeah Being definitely. able to put him in anywhere is very important. Um, yeah. my ad for this week is the innumerable TJ Oshi, 44% rostered, only, uh, eligible at right wing, but, 
an important position. Um, I feel like he's a must add in advance of next week. You're going to have a lot of options next week, but I don't know that there are going to be anyone that is necessarily better at a streaming level than Oshi. Uh, four games for Washington next week, three off nights. He's hitting quite a bit more than his career average. So if you've got a banger eligible league, uh, it's really important. He's playing alongside Kuznetsov and Milano, who is playing a bit better than I think we all expect, um, except for the boys at, at Five Hole. Uh, he's online too, but he's riding on PP1. His IPP is spiking in limited minutes in the four games uh, back since the return from injury. I expect him to round into productive form and be a really valuable add for next week. He is also sprinkling in category stats like PIMS, face-off wins, etc. Um, the minutes over the last four games since returning are a bit low, but I think we all expected that with him coming off uh, you know, an extensive leave. Um, the number of shifts, on the other hand, has been very normal, right? So they're leaving him on the ice in smaller spurts, but his actual shifts are very regular. I see very positive regression signs. He is playing very well, and we can all expect from Oshi like, really good numbers while he's healthy. And from what we know, he is healthy right now. So that's a definite add for me. And I feel like if you wait until Sunday, you're going to be too late. If you wait until Monday, you're going to be way too late. Yeah. Oshi's, I mean, Oshi is typically pretty productive when he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. That's uh, true. He, he just last year, I streamed him a number of times and I feel like he would play two games and then he'd be out and, uh, and I'd have to drop him again. It's, it's uh it's oh, we're up to four right now. So. He's a tough one. Yeah, that's that's pretty good for him. Uh, yeah, he's he's a tough one to to read. I, I I'm usually a, a little bit gun shy with Oshi, but um, yeah, he is a productive guy. Um, he'll help that that Washington top six that's been pretty, um, I mean, pretty inconsistent this year, um, just because of injury. But yeah, I I I definitely support that. I do like the peripherals. Uh, I like that they're getting better this year. Um, his shot rates aren't super awesome, but he's not, I mean, he's not really a shoot first guy anyways. Um, so, uh, yeah, but they are I, in line I, with, with career averages though. It's not anything crazy. Even, yeah. even in the, what, 12 games that he got in, um, uh, before being hurt. So, uh, yeah. things are, things are pretty normal. And when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I, absolutely believe in people being fueled by spite juice and he is out there mashing people so he sure is uh, he, i'm i'm in i like it yeah drinking that anger juice that's right uh, so my drop so this is just a honestly this just surprised me okay i'm looking at percent roster i was wondering why, we, why we're why we're touching on this again but i know I, we touched i'm just so glad to be rid of him that... the fact is that we touched on this guy a few weeks ago and he's still 52 percent rostered and he's injured it's, it's yeah John, i would John. much rather have like shattenkirk or it's like yeah it's stupid so it's john klingberg he's 52 percent rostered in yahoo i don't know how more than half of leagues still have this guy rostered especially he's injured right now first of all and they haven't had prime like scheduling it doesn't make any sense yeah and also uh yeah so bad they have a bad schedule next week so so obviously yeah yeah but he's injured currently day to day uh cam fowler's been playing on the power play he has 11 points in his last eight games so he's he's getting outplayed offensively by cam fowler 
um, who I don't know how I don't know how he has eleven points in eight games to be honest with this, this Anaheim team. Laugh at him. Uh, but yeah, man, like this John Klingberg thing is not working out in Anaheim. It's it's been bad. Like just a gigantic waste of money. Uh, he's betting on himself and not not living up to it uh it's i don't know who's gonna want this guy at the deadline i don't know maybe somebody maybe maybe someone him, that needs the power play I'd trade Suter for him Suter can't play defense either so i trade yeah. Suter for him he can come yeah. back yeah i he guess I, I guess at least he can play offense a little bit but even this he's only got eight points he's like half a point a game so or not not even so anyways uh i just i just wanted to tell you to fire klingberg into the sun because Apparently, uh, that message hasn't gotten across to people in Yahoo leagues yet. I've already wiped his memory from from, from white, white, wiped it from your memory. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about it anymore? <laughs> who who are you dropping, man? So, as I'm sure we're all aware, there's a ton of uh, of flux right now across the league. There's lots of over rostered players. I would advocate for dropping, um, and they're guys that we've recently discussed. Right, not a lot has changed um, in the last ten days or so. Uh, so I'm going to be a bit more specific in my drop this week. Um, I have personally done this. I can I can attest to doing this, and I might regret it in this format. Um, but I'm going on record and saying that you should, yes, even in a bangers league, be dropping Tanner Janot. Yes, I know he finally got an assist after a 13-game pointless streak. Side note, I really love the phrase pointless streak. It has double entendre that makes me very happy. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I know he's still a big bang theorist and an occasional big block fanatic, but the schedule, as you noted, uh, for Nashville coming up is very poor and there's no reason to roster a peripheral guy who isn't playing and doesn't offer enough offensive upside to hold. He's currently 38% rostered on Yahoo. I would expect probably 20% of that is banger league bolstered. But I expect that number to dip significantly soon. I bit the bullet. I'm advocating you do the same. Um, and honestly, a straight switch for Oshi, it's, it's a pretty good move. Like he's he's banging. He is getting the minutes. He is getting power play time. Make that move while you can. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we talked about last year with Tanner Janot. Is is he had really high shooting percentage he has for his career really the his first two seasons in the nhl he's been like up around 20 percent shooting um but has terrible deployment he plays on the third line fourth line um never is in the top six doesn't get power play time uh just hits people so like th- this is a guy i don't know like it, it seemed completely unsustainable Last year, we knew there was negative regression coming for this team in Nashville. Obviously, he's down to 7% shooting, so so he's probably probably going to see a little bit of positive regression. But, I mean, at this point, with, with you know the way that he's producing, I mean, he's not really any different than, like, a Ryan Reeves or, like, a guy that you pick up, a guy that you stream in for, like, a Sunday if you need hits in a Bangers-Cats League or something like that so he can get you five hits. Um, so I, I, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I fully support the the Tanner Janot drop. Uh, it's it feels crazy weird. That... I was I was literally applauded in the chat when I drafted him in that Bangers Cats League, and all year long I've been like, this is not a player that I can drop, but it has to be done. Like it's yeah, it's, it's not panning. It's not panning. Yeah, I think uh, I think there was a lot of luck 
with Tanner Janot last year. And I don't know that I don't know that it was talked about a lot. I watched a lot of Nashville last year and I just felt like there was there was another echelon for him to move to offensively. Yeah. And I mean I didn't watch him a ton. I did. I watched a lot of him in the central division last year. And like I felt like there were flashes of real excellence for him offensively that would really fantasy wise give you a, a phenomenal player and it just isn't coming to fruition this year and you know that that's the regression we're all talking about but i mean you know hits and shots are individual like i i expected him to kind of come alive as the rest of the team regressed and it just isn't happening no definitely not no and and you know maybe i i mean yeah i like i said i i haven't watched him a ton uh, i'm really just going by numbers but I mean, it, you could be right. Like, I, I trust your eye test. I, I feel like maybe if he got better deployment, maybe if he played with better players, because um, there really is a drop-off in skill level in oh, the yeah. bottom six for Nashville. Yeah, Col- Colton Sisson isn't doing it's it. It's just not going to cut it, right? So, so yeah, it, it could be that there's another gear for him in the right situation, but right now uh, he's, he's very much just a streamer-level guy in a Bangers-Cats league. So. Um, Who are you selling high on? I'm selling Speaking high on of quality streaks. I'm selling high on number one rookie, Maddie Beniers, hottest guy in the NHL right now. He's got 11 points in his last five games. Uh, Seattle has been converting at just a stupidly, like ridiculously how, high how rate. How many points did he get in, in that just barn burner last night? Last night he had two goals, so two okay. points. But they right. again, like they're they've that lineup is so interesting. They roll lines and. They they kind of score by committee committee. Um, I mean, there's a there's a number of guys that are close to a point per game, like Burakovsky and and Jordan Eberle is right up there, yeah. um, as well as Beniers. But uh, yeah, I mean, his underlying stats. Okay, so right now, yeah, Seattle's been converting at this ridiculously high rate. Beniers over those five games, thirty percent shooting percentage, super high. Uh, now, looking at his underlying stats through those five games, he is 143rd in the league in individual scoring chances, four per 60, um, and 273rd in individual. Oh, sorry. He's 143rd in the league in individual Corsi, four per 60, and 273rd in the league in individual scoring chances, four per 60. Uh, his ice time is not trending upward. Uh, like I said, Seattle rolls lines fairly evenly. Now, his on-ice shooting percentage game log over the last five games. Here we go. You ready for this? So, 18%, 40%, 10%, 10 25%, and 45% last night. That's just, uh, like, that's insane. That's crazy, crazy high. Everything is going in for Seattle right now. Everything's going in for everyone there, especially when Beniers is It's going in ice. so often that OBJ is scoring. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He got, he had a goal last night. I, I he's had two since we talked about him, eh? I know. Yeah, that's it's that's crazy. how well it's going. Yeah, it's 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 wild. He's got up to three three goals now. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, with Matty Beniers, people are going to be buying in on this hype, um, just because I don't I don't know. People get excited about a hot rookie, right? Um, sure. So, people are going to be buying this hype. So, try and cash in on it. Anyways, that's that's all I have to say about Beniers. Yeah, I think uh, a side note, um, I'm way more excited about Burakovsky today than I was two weeks ago. 
mm-hmm. OBJ, the level is the same. Like I, I'm going to have to see more of a track record, but um, I like Veneers. I think just like you, it's a, it's a sell high. And if you're, if you're riding it, then great. But um, if you can move it for something more solidified, I'm, I'm definitely more excited about that. Um, my sell high, I'm not as excited about selling, but I still feel like it's a pretty prudent move. Uh, my sell high for this week is Matt Boldy. And you guys know I love to bang the drum for Matt Boldy. Um, I'm a huge fan of the player himself, but um, Minnesota is is really, really wishy-washy right now. I'm not confident in them game to game, and I'm definitely not confident in them like going forward in the season. He's rostered at 77%. He is dual eligible. He's got five points in the last three games uh, after one assist in an eight-game stretch. And that's been a pattern across the season, right? He'll put up like four or five points in a three-game stretch, and then he goes cold. And then he does it again, and then he goes cold. So his average minutes are down nearly two minutes from early season work, and his scoring nights have been on ridiculous shooting averages, right? So it's it's giving him this like across the the 21 games for them across the season, it's giving him like an even-keeled mark, but the chart is actually doing this, right? It's banging up and down. He's been a very streaky player thus far, and I worry that he will go cold when you need him the most. Um, of note, Marco Rossi was sent down to AHL Iowa on Monday after one assist in 16 games. So that experiment has not gone well. Uh, the hope that we had for a dynamic young duo on the second line is out. Um, is that a positive, you think? For Rossi? For Boldy. For Boldy. I man, this this Minnesota team, I'm looking at their daily faceoff right now. Uh Boldy is playing five on five right now with Freddie Gaudreau and Jordan Greenway, who I believe was a healthy scratch at times this year. Yeah. That's not like that that is a good representation of how like how little depth this team has up front. It's crazy. Sam Steele is their number one center right now with Ryan Hartman out. It's just disgusting. Like, and, and uh, I don't know, somehow they keep scoring. Their power play is actually pretty good. Um, and Matt Boldy is on it, but I feel like he, he relies quite a bit. Yeah. On I mean, these, to, these points get... that he's getting, they're definitely on the power play. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe that, that maybe that's a positive for him. Uh, fantasy wise what definitely is a positive is that two weeks from now the wild will play four games all on off nights um so maybe you can use that and the recent scoring streak as bullet points when you go to make offers and if you can't it's a reason to hold for later um but i feel like i feel like you you want to get off of boldy right now um while there's some some recency bias and some reason for someone to buy into it in the future, even in the short term, um, before things kind of go south. Like things are not not going super well in Minnesota. People are talking about Robo being a better option in the top ten next year than than uh, KK. Like there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Minnesota, and and I'm I'm trying to get out from under it on my rosters before it gets like bad, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one for sure. 
So let's talk about some buy lows. So so I, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to be doing buy lows here. Uh, it's getting a little bit harder to to uh, just as the season goes on and you have like a larger sample size and people start getting hot and cold and hot and cold. And uh, I mean, averages start start evening out. Um, it's a little bit harder to find buy low. We may change the format here. We've we've hit our zenith of, of buy low, I think. But it's important <laughs> to talk about though. Like these are these are players that you you know you believe that you want. Definitely still possible to buy low, like on on slumping players. But I think we're we're gonna maybe pivot in the way that we uh, the way that we format the show. There's your beer. I love that's it. Right. Let's take a down. look on the youtube on that's the youtube branding. uh channel yeah that's very great good branding. That's free free advertising for this guy here um i so, like that guy i'd advertise for him okay perfect um so my buy low this week is austin matthews really this is just an excuse to talk about austin matthews uh so a lot of talk about matthews and how he's been such a big disappointment this year and you know i mean he's not top of the league in points, um, but he's certainly not far off uh, and quietly, very quietly, very quietly, very quietly. And in fact, no one is noticing. Um, So Austin Matthews, is he injured? That's what a lot of people have been saying. Is he, he's hitting a lot for someone that's injured. Is he grumpy that he's not playing with Mitch Marner right now? Is he throwing a tantrum? I've heard that that narrative out there. Austin Matthews, let's look at the numbers here. Matthews, fourth in the league in shots. On pay, he's on pace for 352 shots on goal this year. Last year, in his 60-goal season, he had 348. So he's on pace for more. That's over an 82-game stretch. He only played 72 games, I believe, last year. 72, 73, something like that. So obviously, his shot rates are down a tiny bit, but not much not like it's pretty negligible um he's 14th in the league in shots per 60 with 12.7 and that is the second best rate of his career last year was the best he is ninth in individual Corsi four per 60 with 23.55 very similar to last year fourth in the league in individual scoring chances four per 60 which at 15.91 which is super elite obviously he's fourth in the league also very similar to last year. The difference is his shooting percentage is 10.68. And his lowest in his career is 14.34. So that is 4% lower uh, than his lowest career shooting percentage. So truthfully, in my opinion, okay. also his IPP is 61.9%. It's typically above 70. Uh, he's... He, Austin Matthews is unlucky, okay? That's what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say. He's getting incredibly unlucky. Would anyone be surprised if the next two games, Matthews scores a hat-trick in one and then two in the next game, and then he's right up in the top five in goal scoring again? Would anyone be surprised about that? Because he's creeping up there. He scored again tonight. He's got 12 goals, I believe, on the season now. Obviously, this isn't like... Has Marner gotten a point tonight yet? I believe he scored a goal. Um, they, they won. Uh, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a look. I'll let you know. But, um, anyways, Austin Matthews is Marner got an empty netter. Um, yeah, I'll take it. There you go. (laughs) So yeah, Austin Matthews, man, this guy's for real. People are so down on him 
for not being this number two fantasy player. He is the the number two fantasy player. Yeah, absolutely. Undisputed. People are talking about Leon Dreisaitl should have taken him over Matthews. Absolutely not, buddy. Also, Matthews is on pace for 144 hits this year. His previous career high is 67. We talked That's about insane. it. Spike juice. That's more, like that's more than double his career high. That's he is he is expanding his game, and the goal scoring is going to catch up. He's probably not going to score sixty this year, but he, like, would anyone be surprised by that? He like he's done this every single year of his career. He goes through stretches where he scores five, six, seven goals in three games. So like, and that. Literally, he could do that next week, and he'd be right up there with J. Rob, right at the top. So that, to me, it's just, it's just. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm saying it has happened uh, many times for Matthews, and I, I just think that why do we have these low expectations of this guy? Why are we so down on him? He's, he's just, he's one of the best players in the league, arguably the best player other than Connor McDavid, and. I just think that if you can acquire this guy at anything below like what you would trade for the best fantasy player in the entire league, fucking go for it. That's right. what I'm saying. I mean, to have him in the conversation for top three, top four, and for people to be like, what is wrong with him is a buy low opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, you find the, the right um, manager who's disappointed who is not looking at underlying numbers, who's not watching him play fueled by spite juice, who is not seeing him uh, in my estimation kind of grow as a two way player. Like that's, that's good news. I'm in, I'm in on it. Um, and he's, he's got I'm, y'all right where he wants. Yeah. <laughs> you love right. to see it. You love to you see love it. You love to see it. I love to um, see it. All right. So speaking of Robo, stay with me here. I am also of the same ilk uh, in that my buy low is a buy not as high as you might possibly think, right? Gotcha. My buy low is Jason Robertson. We're talking about hometown guys right now. That was a total accident. We didn't mean to do that. Um, obviously, fun. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it is super fun. It's really fun watching him score. Um, <laughs> obviously, Robo is setting the world on fire. And doing it with just the most deadpan face of all time. I love that about him. Uh, everyone knows he's been electric. It's been all across all of the hockey headlines. But after watching him intently over the last 10 games, I'm convinced he could go even higher. Um, our Mark Barber? Barbour? Barber, yeah. Barber. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I've never asked him, but. <laughs> Let us know, Mark. Uh, AKA at 18 Skaters. Feels slightly differently. Uh, in his most recent article that came out, uh, he notes that he believes he's due for a negative regression um, based on expected uh, goal for, but with a caveat. Uh, I'm quoting Mark here, and he says, Jason Robertson has everyone's attention right now as he scored the most goals in the NHL. The bad news, his predicted goals were less than his actual goals. Now that you're angry at the model... Here's the good news. Robertson has the most predicted goals in the NHL over the last 20 games, putting him on pace for 57 goals in 82 games. Hold on to him unless you can get an absolute haul. 
I doubt that you can acquire him for a reasonable price at this moment, end quote. Um, in my local leagues, I've got no shot as the people rostering him literally own his jersey. In others, I'm trying to pry him away. Who knows how much success we're going to have. Um, there's something to be said about having a stake in a player that gets your heart jumping like he does mine. Like that comeback where they scored four or five goals in the third period, like they actually set a record for being down so many goals in the third period and coming back to win. And he was a huge part of that. Um, As Nate noted in the apples and genios discord today, fantasy hockey is supposed to be fun. And that was in reference to a trade and about levels in the trade and what you should be going for. If there is a player that you're really excited about, you should go after them. Um, There is nothing more fun than swinging a deal for your hometown team's most exciting player. I don't worry as much about his expected goal for stats. Um, They were above one last year as well. Um, To see that above 1.6 this year doesn't scare me as much considering how well Dallas has played in the offensive zone. Like their uh, shooting percentage is is quite a bit higher than you would expect from the Dallas Stars. Um, But I see room to grow for Robo in average time on ice, and it has been growing recently. Uh, He's leading Dallas forwards, but hasn't broken average 18 minutes average time on ice. When he goes over 20 in the season, he gets at least two points, right? Um, So if there is room to grow there, and there is, I don't know how much DeBoer is going to do that, right? He's very even keel across the lines. He's like very keeping things in line, one, two, three on the lines. But they rely on him in big moments, and he is getting much smarter with the puck. I was listening to Razor Ray on an NHL.com interview uh, earlier tonight that centered mostly on the the coined, and I got to give this to Razor. He made sure to tell people this. He coined it, the Renaissance. Um, <laughs> I like it. And they were asking about the Stars, and they asked about Robo uh, in particular, and he said in the offseason, the Stars asked, to wor- asked him to work on the amount of shots of his that were being blocked. Right. He was getting good opportunities in the offensive zone, getting the shots blocked. He's dropped that number per 60 this year thus far by 70 percent. Wow. Amazing. So the eye test bears that out. His wrister is exceptionally quick and he's using it from sharp angles near the net. The changes are working. I'm fully behind investing in this 20 game stretch. I truly see him as a top seven forward through the rest of the season if he is healthy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm totally with you. I, I think he is a top 10 fantasy player now. Like that's, that's what he is. Um, obviously he's, a, he's, he's shooting at a, at a crazy rate right now, but like you said, the expected goals are super high. Like Mark said, the expected goals are super high. Um, so yeah, maybe there's a bit of negative regression, but I mean, this is the thing, man, is he's the biggest story in the NHL right now. I, uh, I know it's sometimes it's like hard to I never know what the rest of the hockey world is thinking about the Toronto Maple Leafs I only know like I hear Toronto media and all that uh, I can tell you that Jason Robertson is the talk of every every sports outlet everywhere uh, he's he, really he, impressive we're, yeah this is coming from an eye test dude who 
did not draft him because I am a homer and I do not believe in the Dallas Stars over a season because I've been hurt. Um, <laughs> and I am so utterly impressed because every moment that I go, we really need a big goal right now. We really yeah. need a spark plug to take this game over. It's Robo. He's become Every that guy. single time. He has become that guy. And I truly believe that as a Dallas Stars fan. And I truly believe it as someone who is watching the numbers day in and day out. Yep. No, I'm totally with you, man. That being said, probably the hardest time that like probably you're probably going to have to pay the most for him like that like his value is probably as high as it'll ever I'm, be and maybe I'm not of, i'm kind of willing to pay through the nose right now and like okay. deal with the fallout of that and streaming and etc like i don't know how many of our listeners are like me where they have run they have held players that they like and have run out of roster spots like sell big sell big and stream yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i guess i i'm just a very conservative uh conservative fa fantasy hockey player in terms of trades so I, I i have a i would have a really difficult time uh giving up max value or maybe not max value i mean i mean he could he could get better and better there's very it's very possible um but uh i would have a hard time with that right now but j rob he's for real man uh let's do a zero g check in here so uh we're gonna do this really quick we'll do rapid fire um I, <laughs> Binksy's showing off his LA jersey. I got the quick on, LA, buddy. LA disaster, uh, goaltending disaster right now. Um, so I, I read Our an article. A WTF LA. Yeah. I agree, what, dude. What, what are they doing? That's what my note says. So, so uh, before we jump in, I, I write an article on the weekends. Uh, it comes out on Sundays typically called Zero G to Victory. It highlights, uh, I, I create uh, top 10 power rankings for the week of guys that you, or goalies that are sub 50% rostered in Yahoo that you could be picking up that could potentially, that could either be great spot starts for that week or potentially guys that are in goaltending situations um, that could, could potentially be diamonds in the rough moving forward uh, rest of season. So um, I talked a bit about the Montreal goaltending situation and how Montembeau has been performing considerably better than Allen and how I thought that Dropped trust him. was maybe shifting towards mm -hmm. Montembeau. Um, Allen ended up getting the start the other night, allowed three goals on 23 shots against San Jose for his Fifth straight sub 900 save percentage he's really game. Really bad, dude. Drop he's, city. He's really, really struggling. So I would be pivoting away from Jake Allen right now. Um, he's sub 908 of his last 11 games. So that's it's really bad. Pretty brutal. Uh, Sam Montembeau, on the other hand, uh, has a, I mean, he's top 10 in the league in ex, uh, goal save above expected, according to moneypuck.com. He's also, I believe, his save percentage, at least it was on the weekend. 924 on the season through i believe eight games so and that's gotta is, be matchup based but yeah but potentially still. potentially but that's considerably better than jake allen right now so i i almost wonder and he did get a couple of starts in a, in a row last week um after performing well in the in his first yeah game. it's well deserved allen is terrible so i wonder Ooh. i wonder they're on a road trip right now i think they play edmonton and calgary uh, this to to finish out the week, so I wonder if Montembeau gets a couple couple of starts there. 
um, at least, or at least one. I, I imagine he'll get the next one. Um, yeah, I mean, I wrote uh, "What the fuck, LA? What what is going on there?" Uh, last night was was just an utter disaster. It seems like every time I stream Jonathan Quick, he gets just obliterated. Like mm-hmm. I believe, I think in two Bangers Cats leagues right now, my save percentage is six forty three because of Jonathan Quick. I, uh, uh, and Cal Peterson also, that's the other, that's the other factor. Cal Peterson came in after quick allowed five goals. He allowed four goals. They, they lost nine, eight in overtime. Like just, just ridiculous. So, uh, Cal Peterson went on waivers today. That's the big story. Um, I don't know what that means going forward. I don't know if he'll clear. He does have a three year, uh, five million dollar contract that he just signed in the off season, five million per season. Um, so I'm not sure that he, he'll be picked up. Um, he could clear waivers and I don't know if they'll be sending him down or if that's just, I don't know. We'll see, but there's, there's a couple of guys in the minors that have played pretty well. Um, have one of them named, stats. One of them named Phoenix, Copley? Phoenix, Phoenix Copley, who, who is this uh, dude? He, I, he played in the Washington system for a little while. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they haven't called anyone up yet. So that's the other thing. So I would be watching carefully, watch carefully around noon tomorrow, Eastern, because that's typically when you find out, uh, who's cleared waivers. So that I would be watching closely to see if Peterson clears or if someone claims him. Um, and that's then pretty hefty price tag for a backup goaltender. Yeah. And then, and then see what type of moves that LA makes. Like, I think they need to trade for a goalie. Like that, that's their, I mean, hmm. their goaltending situation okay. is maybe as bad as anyone in the league right now, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's an interesting posit. Yeah. But uh, that, that that is a situation to be watching very closely right now, whether it's someone getting called up from the minors and getting an opportunity or whether they make a move um, so, and, and what happens to Peterson. Before we move on, does this bolster you on quick, even though he's not been playing well? I mean they they've been leaning they've been leaning on quick all year really yeah like, but like it's he's not been, been getting, good he's been falling down when they lean on him he, so. he has been he has been inconsistent uh but when he's bad he's really bad like yeah. it's but he has he has had stretches where he's played pretty well like he had a Although, five game stretch you know, there like Doty has not been playing well uh Darcy has been playing terribly defensively yeah Darcy's been like, rough defensively. Like, the only player that comes to mind for them that you actually are like, okay, defensively has been uh, Roy, and that's not great news. Like, no, no, not if he's your he's your your top guy. Uh, so, so maybe uh, if they have a good schedule. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah, yeah, and they have had good schedules lately. Not not as much this week, but um, the Gruber and Martin Jones situation. So Martin Jones also was in that game, allowed eight goals. Uh, and he, he's been struggling lately. Uh, I mean, they've been winning games still yeah. because Seattle is just scoring at a ridiculous rate. Like I mentioned before, but I think, uh, Grubauer is probably going to get the next start. I would imagine. <laughs> so, uh, I, I talked in an article recently when Grubauer came back healthy, that he had a long road ahead of him. Uh, in terms of regaining the starting position in Seattle, just because Martin Jones had played so well in his absence and had been leaned on so much, in and ever since world, dude. ever since Grubauer's come back, Martin Jones is Martin Jones again. <laughs> he, he's not been good, so so that opens the door for Grubauer. I mean, I don't know that that's really a great 
situation to be streaming and holding, but you never know. I was high on Grubauer at the start of the year, and in the games he played, he wasn't good. But uh, he's healthy now, so we'll see. He had one game. He had a start. I believe he had the last start, and he played pretty well. So um, we'll see moving forward with that. They need some stability in net there, but, I mean, they're outscoring their problems right now. Uh UPL and uh, Craig Anderson. Buffalo has been on a heater again ever since I said don't touch anyone in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, ever since Eric Comrie went down with injury, they've been fantastic. I like UPL uh, though. Also, yeah, no, exactly. UPL is a good, a good prospect, a good, good future goalie for them. Um, but yeah, both him and Anderson have been uh, playing really well. They're just alternating evenly, so it, it's kind of hard to. Um, you're not going to get a ton of volume from either of them. Um, but if you, I mean, this week they played four games. So if you streamed one of them at the start of the week, um, you'd be getting two starts from, from them. And Buffalo is playing really well. They're running hot. So um, I don't know. They, either of them could be an option going forward. Uh, Spencer Martin's another guy I talked about. Um, Thatcher Demko has been horrific. Um, and I was talking about it's similar to the Montembeau Allen situation, them moving towards Martin because Vancouver had been a little bit hot and Martin had been playing in some of those games that they won. Um, he got shelled by, uh, Ovi and in, in the caps last night. Uh, so not a good start. O- Ovi was on a, a road record chase though. That had to, yeah, that had yeah. to come in, you know, big night for him, big night for him. He's, uh, the all time road goal scoring leader. Uh, he passed Wayne Gretzky. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Spencer Martin, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. I imagine he still probably uh, gets another chance, but uh, I mean, not a great showing for him. Um, and then in terms of rest of the week streams, there's a couple guys that I think you should take a look at. They're on not good teams, but J- John Gibson uh, has, has been really good lately. Surprisingly. Uh, he, he has been, uh, significantly better, uh, than at the start of the season and playing above expected, uh, with Anaheim being brutal defensively, he's going to get, maybe maybe they swung a deal for Gibson in LA. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that they have the cap space. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know what their cap situation is, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. You would think that you would short trip. Yeah. He doesn't even have to change houses. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, Gibson, uh, rest of week, I think he'll get two more starts. Um, and he's I mean, he's gonna get you high volume of safes. So uh and then Eunice Corpus Salo uh plays Friday and Sunday. So uh chances are I mean Tarasov got the last start, so I'm guessing Corp Corpy is probably gonna get those two. Um, so a couple of off nights, so you'll be able to fit him in pretty easy. So he's a decent option as well. Um, similar situation to Gibson going to get a lot of shots on him. Uh, probably won't win, but he's been, he's been pulling a few wins out here and there surprisingly. So, uh, they're at least guys to look at. So that is, that's it for, or sorry. I want to touch on this, not so much zero-G, kind of the sure. opposite end of the spectrum, For but for those of us that, that followed Sage advice and went zero-G, um, is there a slumping expected Vesna candidate that you're interested in buying low on, right? Nate says 
he's never trading for a goalie. Yeah. I've heard you echo that same sentiment. Yep. But if you are thinking about trading for a goalie, if you've got like forwards in defense that you you need to get rid of and you've got absolutely nothing at goalie, rank Igor, Saros, and Markstrom for me as a trade candidate. Okay. Um, so Igor is obviously the best option, um, but I think you would have to give up the most to get him. So maybe not a, a fantastic buy low option. Um, Saros and Markstrom are pretty close for me. I think Calgary, I have more faith in Calgary going forward than I do Nashville. So in that way, I think I would probably go for Markstrom. But that, I mean, I don't feel confident about that. Again, like like the whole basis around the articles that I write in the Zero to G strategy is that goalies are completely unpredictable. So like, I don't know, they could just be shit the rest of the year. And then you, you're wasting. That's why I won't trade for a goalie. Right? I know you won't. That's why I made so you that's, pause it. That's why I, just I made don't... you rank them. Yeah, there you go. So I just don't thinking it, dude. People are out there going. No, I know, I know. Igor's not playing well. I can get a good deal for him. Markstrom's not playing well. I can get a good deal for him. I don't know as much about Soros. I think I think the cards are on the table for Nashville. But I mean, Calgary's defense is really good. Like when when Vladar goes out there and and plays well, it makes you it makes you kind of tilt your head a little bit. And New York is. We were talking about how hot they were in the first ten games. Yeah, and the next ten it's games, we're like, "What is going it's on?" Done. Right, and he is literally in the pressers after the game, going, <laughs> "The goalie stinks," and he's talking himself about about himself in the fourth person. Like, I don't know, man. I, you know me, I love goalies. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm mulling over trade options for these three. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, let's go to the mailbag. So Ooh. we got a. We- few questions here so from the pork man uh with letang out who gets a crack at the pens top unit what do you think binksy so uh for those of you unaware uh the penguins announced that letang had a stroke um it was diagnosed on monday night after he alerted the team medical staff that he was having a migraine headache he's always been very in tune with his body um after uh having a stroke in 2014 right like he is very quick to alert the the medical staff um so they uh diagnosed it as a stroke he attended the game on tuesday and spoke with the team afterwards in the locker room um that stroke that he had in 2014 he was out two months so there's no notes on when he's expected to return thus far But Ron Hextall has said this time is not as severe as 2014. I don't think any of us know what that means. Um, And that while he's set to be tested over the next week, um, Chris himself has been quoted as wanting to know when he can skate next. So that, you know, that's professional athlete talk. Like who who knows when that actually is. There have been um, a few... Um, broadcasts over over that time since the announcement um, talking about him being 37 being on the the backside of the mountain and you know calling it a day and calling it a career and just enjoying his health as it is 
Uh, he himself has been quoted about uh, talking about coming back this year and how much he wants to win with these guys that he's been playing for 15 years. So I think that's a, a, a pro and a con in both categories about whether he'll continue in general. Um, as, as far as the actual question goes, Russ got the work on power play one in that game on Tuesday against Carolina with his slow start to the year. I mean, that could change, right? Given how good um, Zucker has been in general thus far, but there aren't a ton of options on the penguins that I would expect to supplant him. Um, it's definitely Latang's job to lose, it's a definite bonus to Russ staying power for all the people who are like, what do I do with Brian Rust right now? Um, but I mean, are there other people that get a crack at the top unit? Do you think? Um, my thought would be if they don't want to go five forward, uh, which I'm always a supporter of uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Jeff Petrie. Uh, he's a guy that's been a power play quarterback in the past. Um, and has had a pretty good year for them this year. So I think he's, he's a legitimate option there. Yeah. He was um, on, he was on that power play with, with rust um, in this yeah. last game against Carolina. So, yeah. So I think Jeff Petrie would probably be, be, um, be someone I would consider. That's a guy though. That's not, he's, I mean, he's rostered in most leagues, so yeah. not a guy that you're probably going to be able to stream. It's not like a guy that, um, yeah, not not someone you're going to be able to acquire very very easily right now. But uh, I mean, those Jeff Petrie uh, guys that are rostering him are going to be pretty stoked, I think, because um, I I think that's probably the way that they'll go. Um, no guarantees, but yeah, that would be that would be my my best guess. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think uh, so. As weird as it sounds, I don't I don't think a lot of things are going to change in in Pittsburgh with him with him being out. So it's unfortunate for no, him. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. yeah, it really sucks. It's such a such a scary thing, uh, and I I feel like yeah, uh, <laughs> him wanting to be back on the ice. It's it's crazy. Like as someone that's been through uh, a a catastrophic health event, uh, I understand the uh, I understand the feeling of like wanting to just get back to normal because you feel fine, <laughs> even even though you probably uh, need to rest and take it easy. Um, we'll talk. We can talk about that a different time. But uh, question from Nate: uh, How do you I, how do you identify defensemen to pick up who aren't on power play one? So I have a very um, specific strategy here. I'm going to let you lead off on this one. Okay, so um, I mean, there's there's a number of things that you can consider. Um, for me, it's um, ice time is a big one. Uh, people that people that get a ton of ice time. Um, also, um, guys with high shot rates, um, and also, um, I mean, for me, in terms of streaming defensemen, uh, or yeah trying to figure out a defenseman to pick up. If I'm streaming a defenseman, I'm probably going for peripherals. So, yeah. so guys that, that are racking up the banks, guys that are getting blocks, guys that are getting hits. Um, I'm typically not trying to pick up defensemen in, in points heavy leagues, like where there's not a ton of peripherals um, just because there's not, uh, yeah, people that aren't power play quarterbacks. Um, but guys like, I mean, there's like Gustav Forsling, Mm -hmm. is, is a guy that doesn't play on the power play, but, but uh, gets the points. Um, I mean, that's a guy that's popping 
into my head right now. Jeff Petrie, I guess, is another guy um, who uh, creates offense um, five on five um, and then also gets peripherals. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and, and then also there's there's guys that are in situations um, where there's injuries to top level defensemen. So like we'll we'll use Toronto as an example right now. Their top yeah. three defensemen are out. Um, obviously Rasmus Sandin is on PP one, but, um, Mark Giordano is I being like Gio way better in that, in that duality. I've not been I, every league that I've looked for him. He was the one already rostered versus, uh, Sandin. So that was a bummer, but I like Gio way better in that option than and he's than been leaned on quarterback, but they both seem like good options. Yeah. He's been leaned on extremely heavily, um, five on five, uh, and on the panic, just across the board. He's, his ice time has gone up quite a bit. He's basically their number one guy right now, mm-hmm. um, and he's been playing uh, playing really well. So the so situations like that, too. hitting up a storm, blocking, um, and then uh, chipping in some points here and there too. So um, that's that's the type of situation that I'm looking for as well. Um, guys that are being relied on due to injury. Um, but yeah, I mean that's oh, I want to hear what your system is. So you guys know this about me. I am the one person on the planet who cares about plus minus in fantasy hockey. Right. I think it's, I think it's, I don't think you're the only one. I think I'm the only one. I don't hear this from, from any of the people I listen to. I don't hear this in the chats. I don't see this in discord. Like everyone thinks I'm insane for thinking that plus minus is a valuable fantasy hockey stat, but especially for let's just call them second level defensemen, right? Cause obviously the people that you want on defense are power play one quarterbacks who get a lot of ice time. That's just, that's just a given, right? But specifically to the question, the defensemen that I want are players that are getting a bunch of time on ice yep. on good teams, right? Good things mm-hmm. happen to players that are on the ice on successful teams, Right. This is why I was harping on Braden McNabb two weeks ago. These are players that I like. These are players that have all of the we talk about hockey being such an oddity stat wise. Right. Like the most random things happen. But mathematically and especially in hockey, they happen to the good teams. Right. The the odd bounce stats, the lucky stats, the the underlying stuff that isn't individual performance happens to good players on good teams that are on the ice a lot. So what I am hunting for is that and then purely peripherally and and talking about hits and blocks, I'm looking for the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. I'm looking for huge amounts of time on ice for teams that are always on defense, the teams that do not have the puck. Mm -hmm. Those are the teams that you can hunt their biggest uh, minute eaters who are always going to be on the ice doing good things defensively, which is hits and blocks. So depending on what you're looking for, um, I want players that do both. So I'm hunting players with good plus minus, right? But a bad plus minus and, man, I sound like I'm being converted to caring about players on bad teams, but, um, but on 
teams that take a ton of shots against that are always defensively working coursey wise like that is also an option yeah no and i i thought of a couple great examples in both scenarios so you talked about guys that are that play tons of minutes on good teams that that are going to essentially like luck into into getting points yeah um, basically. Brady Shea is a good example on uh, on good, the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes plays a ton of minutes um very under the radar nice. yeah and get some shot get some shots he's a guy that I've been known to stream from time to time um if Carolina has a good schedule um and then uh, on the other end of the spectrum uh Luke Shen has been just a, a monster in terms of, of peripherals this year I'm like mainstay on my roster crazy man like he's I mean he's he's become almost uh he's become a hold in a lot of leagues uh especially bangers cats like he's he's a must-have he's like a Radko Gudis this year but is even contributing a little bit more offensively so um I mean part of that is luck too definitely <laughs> but uh he's not really a big offensive guy but yeah so that's another situation Vancouver is pretty brutal defensively um and is or at least at the very least inconsistent um so there's a lot of time where they don't have the puck so Luke Shen can throw his body around like he mm -hmm. like he likes to do so I dig it um so yeah that's I I totally support that strategy and, and actually that's that's kind of a more eloquent way of saying what I was trying to say to be honest like uh, you just you just uh, put it together a little bit a little bit nicer uh Fantoma asks is JG Pajo a second half of week pickup absolutely yes uh he's been red hot and uh he I mean like I said New York has that nice coveted Friday Sunday um off night schedule so absolutely i i would pick up jg pedro if he if he's available in uh in your leagues earnestly fantoma before you put that in the discord uh it was a player that was on my short list for for ads this week um i chose to go a little bit broader spectrum versus like the two to three game stretch towards the end of the week um but you know we talked about this over the stretch last year jg Peugeot is a very streaky player when he's hot he's a player that you want on your roster if you are considering it if he's available to you and it fits that is a great pickup i'm i'm all behind it all right and the last question here is from zebra dan and zebra dan says can i make it three weeks in a row that i ask about at just joshin's team in five hole in the five hole listener league uh and he wins. Is Roman Polakski a wagon? Tune in to find out. Now, this is another opportunity to, for me to talk about this five hole league. So, thank you, Zebra Dan. Um, maybe <laughs> Roman Polakski is a wagon. So, I talked to Nate last week. I don't know if you listened to the episode, Binksy, but I was saying my team, this is the most, you were talking about your buy low candidates team. Yeah. Uh, this was my buy low candidates team, but they're all fucking turning. Turning things around, baby. We got Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> we got Sam Reinhardt. We got fucking uh, Seth Jones is healthy again. We got John Carlson. Uh, I picked up Philip Ronick. He's been red hot. We got wow, I, anyways. Nice. Anyways, a lot. There's been a lot of a lot of situations. Well, okay. Um, I talked about the point setup in this league about how it's basically just like goals, assists. Uh, you could you have like a little bit of peripherals, but they're almost not. They they almost don't move the needle at all. It's almost okay. a straight points league. Wins and shutouts are huge in this. Um, 
like wins wins are worth more than goals. So uh I like I like that, I like that my, format. I'm a goal fan. With my zero G strategy, I didn't really account for that as well as I should have. So I had to completely change my goaltending setup. I now am running with Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. And the, these are guys that I was able to pick up off waivers. That's pretty Vanacek, good. Vanacek I picked up earlier. Uh, and then I was running with Martin Jones. And I think someone dropped Samsonov when he was hurt because I don't know if they ran out of IR plus sp- spots, but he was on waivers. So I ended up getting him. And now that Martin That's Jones is deal. shit and Samsonov is, is back healthy. He played tonight. Martin Jones is Martin Jones again. I dropped Martin Jones, and now I'm running with Samsonov and, and Vanacek, and I'm like, this is this is nice. This is great. So um, uh, if I win this week, I am currently winning. Uh, it's it's a tight matchup. Um, I will be up to 500 in this league. After Ooh. talking about it being like the worst I've ever done in fantasy hockey, it's, it's turning around. Uh, fingers crossed. Thank you for your support, Zebra Dan. Uh, I'm sure your tune will change when we play each other at some point because we're both in this league together. Uh, but thank you for your continued support. Roman Polakski for life. And by the way, uh, it's a all of the five-hole leagues are Quentin Tarantino movie-themed. So our tier is based on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, where it's... Uh, it, I mean, it's centered around the whole Charlie, Charles Manson uh, mass murder of, of of Sharon Tate and and anyways. Uh, <laughs> but the <laughs> uh, Roman Polat Pol- Roman Polanski uh, was Sharon Tate's husband or boyfriend or or whatever. And that I think it was, I was the, not the only one very confused by that. The murder yeah. happened in his house. He is a character in this movie, and I was like. Roman Polanski, uh, R- Roman Polakski. It just makes sense, right? I don't think anyone understood that. So I just thought no, I, w- I needed to explain it. It's, it's, uh, I was really uh, hoping you'd clear that up for me. I was like, is that a player I'm not aware of? It's, it's definitely a dad pun, a really deep cut. And, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to throw it out there because I thought it was, it, it's, oh, it's been underappreciated. <laughs> good. Oh, good. I was like, man, I. I've really missed the boat. What team is Roman Polakski? So that's for? my that's my team name. Uh, and <laughs> so let's we should maybe end on that because we're going off the rails. Totally. Way <laughs> oh off. man, Roman Polakski off the rails. Oh right boy. Now. Oh boy. That's all we got for today, everybody. Check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. Shoutouts to the band there there for providing our music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Binksy's at Binklemania. Nate is at Applechinos. Blake is at Blake Creamer SE. And I'm at Just Josh and 4 1. Don't forget to send us your Spotify rap results. If we're in your top five or if we're your top podcast, I know there are definitely are people where we are the t- top listened to podcast of 2022, which is just incredible to me that's, that's so cool planet, that's yeah. very very cool uh and man, much more than i expected actually so that, that's it's uh, uh very cool um so yeah send 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 those to us send us those screenshots on twitter and on discord uh please practice safe stats and happy streaming have a good one folks good night world mm-hmm.